you sick and tired of the financial bondage that's been holding you back? Are you ready to take charge of your finances to cut your mortgage payment in half while reducing your taxes significantly? If yes, then this podcast is for you. Fiscal Fitness and Freedom can pay off the national debt in less than 10 years. So from humble beginnings of just about $500, Scott built a billion-dollar mortgage company. So here's your host, Scott Smith. Hi, welcome to Fiscal Fitness and Freedom. I'm Laura Lewis, and I'm here with Scott Smith. How are you, Scott? I'm doing good. How are you doing up Pretty there good. in New York? <laughs> it's a little gloomy today, but otherwise, good. I hope summer's not over yet. No, no. It's it's nice and cool here in North Carolina. <laughs> this has been this uh, has been one of the coolest summers of my life. And all I hear from my friends everywhere is 114 degrees. And I'm like, <laughs> it's 68 here. <laughs> that is unseasonably low, even for I think we're having a cool summer in North Carolina. Yeah. Or this yeah. is maybe just false fall. We're about to get really hot really soon. That happens too. That's true. It could. So what was <laughs> what was your plan for the day? I think for this one, we should do an overview of the Financial Freedom Act just in its entirety. I think we have a lot of new listeners who are joining us kind of halfway through. And I think it'd be good to have like a good crash course episode on it. That's a good idea. We'll, we'll highlight this episode as a summary then on the Financial Freedom Act. So people can awesome. go to it. Okay, good idea. I think um, a lot of it is coming from your book, A Tale of Two Economies. So I want to first start with what the two economies are. Okay, right. A Tale of Two Economies. I That's what led me to figure all this stuff out, is there are two economies going on at the same time. You never, you can go get PhD in economics and never hear anyone bring that up. But the truth is, these two economies are completely different. They're interrelated. They're interdependent. One is the material economy. That is goods and services, transportation, everything that we live in. The world we live in, that's the material economy. I like to call that the real economy. The other is the monetary economy. That's the one I know about because that's, that's where I've done all my business is in the monetary economy. And that's the trading of financial assets. So that's stocks. Now, if you have stock in Apple, Apple's in the real economy, but the manipulation and the trading of Apple stock, that's part of the monetary economy. Uh, Mortgage-backed securities, collateralized debt obligations, synthetic securities, derivatives, commodities, uh, cryptocurrency, treasury bonds being sold, corporate bonds, all of that's the monetary economy. And so, my point is, our taxes come from the material economy. The income we earn, the property we own, property taxes, the sale of goods at Target, Walmart, that's sales tax. That's in the material economy. And the monetary economy is where we should be putting the taxes because the monetary economy is roughly 350 times bigger than the material economy. So in other words, here's the number. $21 trillion in income, that's all of our income. $21 trillion in GDP, that's the sales out there. $21 trillion compared to the monetary economy, $7,600 trillion. So if you're going to draw water out of a bucket with a ladle for taxes, and the ladle is so big, and you're going to scoop it out of a ladle where 
that ladle consumes a fourth of the whole bucket, that's a pretty significant tax. But if you're going to pull put that ladle into a bucket where it only needs to take 0.25% less than a quarter of 1% out, you hardly notice it. Right. So instead of a tax rate of 30 to 39% for income, another 14% for FICA, social securities, another eight or 9% for sales taxes, those add up. Right. Instead of taxes that level, you could have this one tax at a quarter of 1%. So when it comes to your income, you'd be taxed at a quarter of 1% instead of 30, 39%. So you're saying we're taxing the wrong economy right now. And if we were taxing the correct one, we would be taxing at a much lower rate. That's right. That's all it comes down to. And like, let's look what it would mean for an individual. Somebody earning $30,000 today is paying around six to $8,000 in taxes if they're single. Okay, no kids. That's a pretty big chunk if you're earning 30000 you know. Right. 30000 is not a ton of money and you're paying 6000 in taxes. That's a lot. You're earning, if under a payment tax, you'd pay $75. So you trade that $6,000 tax bill for $75, you do it all day long. Somebody earning a hundred grand, paying 30 or 40,000 if they're single again. Depends which state they live in. But you add in, uh, if they're earning property and paying sales taxes, they're paying over 40. They could be paying up to 50%. Right. So take a tax bill of at least $30,000 and you're gonna reduce that to $250. That's what a quarter of a percent is of a hundred grand. And this would just be during the payment process, right? Or are you talking yeah. about doing this like a separate, like we would file taxes and it would be at a quarter percent? You'd never go and file a tax return again with a payment tax. You wouldn't be filing quarterlies or annuals at 1040. You wouldn't file, corporations wouldn't be filing. Nobody would file tax returns anymore. Instead, the system for, it's called the payment system or settlement system, financial settlements, settlers, they're the ones that, you get a check, it's deposited in your bank, that goes through a settlement system. As that money goes through a settlement, a quarter of 1% is shaved off. So you're shaving a quarter percent off of over $7,000 trillion in payments, instead right. of taking 30% of $21 trillion in income. That's the difference. It's so simple, really. I love the sound of not having to file taxes. It's such a stressful time for me. Yeah. I mean, it's a toss up. Is it is the better thing you don't have to pay taxes, uh, file taxes anymore, or is it the reduced taxes? I mean, it's the reduced taxes for me. <laughs> it's a win-win, yeah. Yeah, it's a win-win. I mean, if you had to go to the trouble to file something in order to have a quarter percent tax, you'd do it. But this way, you don't even have to go to the trouble. It's just nuts right. for not doing it. And I can tell you why we're not doing it. It's not because there are large powers that, be here that are against it. It's because... The vast majority of people in the financial world do not know the volume of payments that are made each year. In fact, no one knew until fairly recently when we built the technology at the Fed to be able to track all this and report it into the Red Book at the Bank for International Settlements. Now, all across the globe, we can track this for most all the countries. There's a few outlying countries. Uh, China, we don't know what it their volume is. And Israel, we don't know. Pretty much all the other countries, they're in the Red Book. And we have this, and this was an enormous effort on the behalf of small groups within certain central banks. And they were not policy wonks. They were gathering the data to study the impact on the rails of moving money around. And how do we, 
how do we handle this? And so this information comes out of a project that had no political leanings to it at all. If there's any senator out there who knew this, you know, raise your hand, put it on Twitter that you knew it. And then explain <laughs> why on earth you didn't propose a payment tax, you know. Right. You any have to justify it. <laughs> yeah, justify that you knew this and you didn't come up with this. They just don't know it. The people in right. D.C. do not know this figure. And it's publicly available. It's just not, it's not widely disseminated. It's never talked about. Most, most people, commentators don't know. I've actually not come across a single person in my career that I've explained this to that said, yeah, I've always wondered. I, I saw this figure. <laughs> you know, the first thing they say is, where the hell is that information? You know, and I get, yeah, you know, I mean, like, you know like, are you making the, you know, no, I'm not making it up. It is, it is <laughs> out there. It's detailed in the book, it's detailed on our website. The pushback would be maybe from the accounting firms that make their money off of preparing taxes. What is that? Yeah. TurboTax? <laughs> yeah, they'd be the first lobbyists. Yeah, that. if you have stock <laughs> into it, maybe you should sell it, you know, because you wouldn't need them at all. Um, right. This would replace not just federal income taxes, federal social security taxes, all federal taxes, all um, excise taxes, everything. There'd be no more estate taxes, but it would also replace state sales taxes and property taxes, all of that. In wow. fact, a quarter percent, we would collect about three, a little more than three times as much money as all of our taxes do today. So we'd have a balanced budget, Laura. That I mean, sounds wait a minute. No, insane. we'd have a $1.9 trillion surplus. Oh, no, that's even crazier. Yeah, we could pay off the national debt in eight years with this plan. And at that quarter of a percent, we collect so much money that we could pay untold benefits. We could pay basic income to every adult citizen, no matter how much money you're making. That would replace the entire welfare system, which would encourage people to work because Today, if you're receiving benefits and you work, you're going to lose your benefits. With basic right. income, you will not. You just make more. It's enough right. money. And basic income, not just like 1000 a month. It would be at 24000 a year. You could have free health care, free college, and free daycare, and still have a $1.9 trillion surplus. And you're only paying a quarter of a percent. What's there? Maybe we don't need any more podcasts. <laughs> that's it, that's <laughs> I love how this would affect just the average American and me thinking about the benefits in my own life would it just absolutely blows my mind. Um, but now there's also another part that you discuss that really is compelling and it's what it would do to America and to our country as a whole. And oh. I want to talk a little bit about that too. Okay, good point. So if we have no more deficit and we can pay off our national debt, that radically changes things. We're paying a ton of money on interest right now. And we're piling, our deficit is over a trillion dollars um, each year right now. And that's just growing. Our debt is uh, over 30, 32, probably 33 soon. That's like, on, on, that's unbelievable. You calculate how much that is per person. It's, it's outrageous. Right. You know, it exceeds all of our personal debts on average. It's just crazy that the most irresponsible part of our own personal situation is the national debt. <laughs> right, we didn't do that. <laughs> we didn't even, we, yeah. So it would, you can pay off the national debt, you have no more deficit. What that does 
to our economy is unbelievable. We would have the ro most robust economy in the world. And it would also help to reduce inflation because inflation mostly comes from of all these treasury bills, the printing of all this money. The, that's right. inflationary. There's other areas inflation are coming from, but that's a big one. That's been the most consistent one. So it helps to bring inflation under control to do this. It makes a lot of sense. I'm so excited that we're doing this episode. I really think that just hearing about all of this from first brush, it's hard to conceptualize. I know we really dig in deeper in the individual episodes where we go down every single part of this, but there really is no argument against it. Hearing it, you know, if it's your first time and it sounds shocking, it really is. The most shocking part is that we're not doing it already. Right. But I, I really enjoy just listening to the older episodes because we delve into so many of the questions and stuff like, well, what about this? Or how would this work? And at the end, the math does work. It checks out and it, it's just wild. So the key is, if you're listening to this, the only way this will ever happen is if it gets out there. The challenge is, is I'm an unknown. And first of all, I got a pretty common name. It's Scott Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Many relatives. <laughs> yes. So this will only get on CNN, Fox, and all that if enough people are listening and spreading the word and pushing the question of why are we not doing this to the politicians running. And once the facts are out there and anyone can sit and evaluate those themselves, go check them out, then the question becomes, why are we not doing this? And if it gets into mainstream media, this can happen easily. I actually met with a law firm in Washington, D.C., that does a lot of legislative work. And they assigned an attorney to look at how easy would this bill be to write, you know, compared to all the other bills out there. And it's a relatively simple bill to describe how you do a payment tax. The biggest part, challenge in it was decoupling all the other taxes. That involved a <laughs> Undoing lot of pages, that mess. <laughs> undoing the mess. So the tax code today is about, is about 75,000 pages long. According to the attorneys I talked to, they could capture this in about 10 pages. Unreal. Yeah, we can do this. I mean, it's unreal that we have a tax code that is 75,000 pages. Like, why? Why? Why is that happening? Yeah. It's insanity at its best. This is simple sanity, simple common sense. We should do this. So get the word out there. I'm, I, I'll talk to whoever I need to talk to. You can buy the book. You can look at the website for free. Um, you can pass links to the website for free. On the website, if you're a policy wonk and you really want to dig in deep, go to the, the um, navigation. It says the math. The math is all spelled out. I have a table that lists all the payments. I have the references where you go to build the table if you want to do it yourself. If you don't trust my addition, you can add it up <laughs> yourself. I have a breakdown of what the cost of all these benefits would be and what the current government budgets are, adding that in there. And then you see how you have the surplus afterwards. We can do this. This is entirely possible. I so know, I've done the math. I've gone through and done all the, <laughs> all the addition and that, not that I doubted. I just wanted to know for myself and no, you, it really does work out. out. I know, I commend <laughs> you for that. You're, you're one of the few people who checked everything out because you found the few broken links and things and 
<laughs> yeah. There's a whole separate part of this, which is banking 2.0 that we've talked about. But I think um, for now, this is enough for us to kind of wrap our mind around. And People's so we'll brains that are for overflowing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> they can go Thank to the you. website and do the math for now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Banking 2.0 is another episode. That solves the other half of the problems out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, everybody. So much, Let's talk this up. Let's get this out there. Thank you. Bye-bye. So that's it for today's episode of Fiscal Fitness and Freedom. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in a grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value. Grand prize drawing for a private VIP mentoring session with Scott Smith himself. Be sure to head on over to FiscalFitnessAndFreedom.com and pick up a copy of Scott's blueprint, to discovering your own unique formula to personal success and join us on the next episode.